Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Cop My Podcast with your hosts Mick Moran and Jay Pearson. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Expert View on the Cop My Podcast. I'm Mick Moran as usual and joined once again by Jay Pearson. Welcome Jay, as usual. Alright mate, you? Yeah, not bad. But we've got another guest on the show, it's David Lynch from the Evening Standard. Hi Dave, you okay? Yeah, good. good. Nice to nice to be on for the first time. <laughs> no problem. I was I was locked down and treating you. Uh, yeah, I've just been uh, getting a little bit bored of it now, but uh, doing a lot of running and trying to keep busy and yeah, doing jigsaws and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Superb. Superb. It's hard graph trying to find stuff, isn't it? You're like, especially with this whole uh, clap clap at eight o'clock, clap at NHS. When you go for a run and you come back at eight o'clock by accident, and you've got a guard of honour. <laughs> oh, you like, and you continue to check your watch, and you go, oh yeah, I don't know, that's why. <laughs> anyway, we'll, the fo- we'll... football's back. We glad the football's back now. We can all get back to normality a little bit. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah, with obviously that'll make uh, work a lot easier for me. Having some matches to write about, so I'm looking forward to that. Of course, yeah. And f- for us to make some content because we've been racking our brains and trying to trying to do stuff, and it's been difficult. Like, but glad for a bit of football coming back. And obviously, with the with the breaking news, that's. That, that came out today about uh, the Mayor's Sad Derby. Obviously, on the 21st of June, it was it was muted. It might be played at Southampton's ground or somewhere else in the country where Liverpool fans couldn't get to and Everton fans couldn't get to. But it seems like common sense has prevailed and it will be played at Goodison Park on the 21st of June. Uh, and obviously, I think the rest of the fixtures that are going to be scheduled at Anfield will also be played at Anfield, which is, which is, which is great news. I just wanted to get your, your reaction on that, obviously, as it's breaking. Yeah, to be honest, it, it's been a bit of a weird one. This this entire story, really, as, as far as I'm concerned, because as soon as the as soon as the initial news came out that this this neutral ground thing might be happening, that was obviously there were quotes there from Mark Roberts, who is uh, I think Leeds football lead uh, in in some format, some uh, job title, something like that. But obviously, he's a that works for South Yorkshire Police, and he was the one who, who went on on record saying that there was some sort of consensus around the idea that there would be. Uh, you know these high-risk fixtures and the possibility of them being moved to neutral venues now. 
I spoke to someone at Liverpool straight away in the aftermath of that because I'd been having conversations with them about it and wanted to just follow up on it and said, you know, look, is, is this true? Can you confirm this? And, and the person I spoke to immediately came back and said, well, that's, that's bollocks with the, with the phrase used. And, you know, there's been no agreement. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not close. It, it, you know, there's not really been much talk about it. So it's been interesting, really, that those quotes now have been exposed because of this meeting with the safety advisory group and the fact that Liverpool and Everton, the fans, the police, everyone's happy to have it at Goodison Park. Those quotes have been exposed as almost sort of someone trying to set an agenda before anything had been agreed between clubs and, and the different parties. So I think that's quite interesting that, that, that those quotes came out and that, that someone felt comfortable going on the record saying that. And that, that's been basically completely you know, blown out of the water by, by the, the latest developments, obviously. And I, I, think it's, I think it's great that the, the game's going to be on at, at Goodison Park. That's, you know, that's what we all want, even though there's not going to be fans there. You want it to be at the original venue. You want, you know, Everton deserve that advantage. To be honest, of playing at the, the ground that we know so well, and you know, and it is a derby game that will give it that feel. So, yeah, I'm glad that the sense has been seen, and all the, the relevant parties on the other side have, have made sure that that can happen. Yeah, and I think especially with the uh, obviously COVID nineteen this this season and the way it's gone for Liverpool, we've done so well, and obviously it's all it all came to a halt in March. We didn't want. We wanted to come back, of course, when it was safe to do so. We didn't want it to come back when um, we had, and then we had to play at a different venue because obviously it, it's already going to be changed with no fans as it is. So the whole dynamic of coming back to football and getting back to playing football matches are going to be so different. If it was then played at a neutral ground, I think that the season would lose a sense of, of, of value in that way. Obviously, you just touched on there, Dave, that Everton deserve it to be at their ground because obviously that's... that's the most realistic and the most acceptable way to do it, and obviously, if, if it's safe to do so, and it seems as though it is, then that's the best way. To, that's the best course of action, isn't it? Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, you know, it's like I said, I just, I, I think it, it gives an element of that the whole uh, asterisk season as well. Um, if there had been that extra, you know, moving games and, and things like that, that would have, you know, would have brought a little bit of that back into it, and fans giving Liverpool supporters kicks over that. So yeah, I'm just glad it's been avoided, and, and yeah, it just makes you question why, why it was so strongly reported initially, or you know why those quotes are about, why what was even said that that we were, we were close to some consensus on the being neutral venues. It just seems a little bit of a funny one for me. Yeah, Jay, what are your thoughts on the matter? Happy with the happy with the common sense prevailing? Oh, big time, mate. I think it's always important when common sense prevails in football. It doesn't happen all too often in, in a lot of these types of situations, but. Yeah, absolutely buzzing to have it at Goodison for a number of reasons, like you said, to keep to keep the games in the city, to not like cause any drama down south. To people, are, what gets me is the whole Liverpool or Merseyside fans can't be trusted for things like this, and it it, it got it shadows back to the eighties and that stigma and stuff. And I just don't want that to come back again. And I just think it's it's great for Merseyside police and for whoever's done the safety certificate. You know, kudos to those guys for for sorting it out for us because it's what we all wanted. And like Dave said. It's, it's Everton fans deserve it as well. Yeah, spot on. Anyway, we'll we'll, we'll crack on with obviously there's been a lot of a lot of talk about a certain uh, German striker. Obviously, it's <laughs> like, like the worst kept secret in the world. Obviously, the the, the talk from Timo Werner himself. He done it. He done an interview with Jan, Jan Fjordtoft, I think, and he said about how he wanted to join Jurgen Klopp. How Jurgen Klopp's the best manager in the world. Look, the best club in the world. Jürgen Klopp apparently had video chats with them on Zoom, probably having a little chat with them. I don't know what, what, what went on there. But 
it's obviously it's came to fruition that he's, he's, he looks like he's going to be joining Chelsea. So we won't talk about that one too much. Obviously, we, we we all want them. I think I think the general consensus. I think he was he would have been a great fit for this club. And I think obviously with the obviously the whole COVID nineteen thing, it's we're a business at the end of the day. We can't we can't just be splashing money that that we don't have. So in, in that respect, you've got you've got to put your common sense head on and just and just get on with it basically. But I just wanted to get your thoughts, Dave, on obviously some of the squad players we've got and what you obviously you cover Liverpool for the for the evening standard. I just wanted to get your your thoughts on some of the squad players that we've got and obviously it, it was confirmed. Was it was it yesterday? I'm losing track of days. It was, wasn't it? Adam Lallana is 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 obviously he signed that mini extension to the end of the season, which I think well majority of Liverpool fans are very happy. So a small minority who were literally fuming because he, he hates his guts. I don't know why. It's a, it's a mad God one. Knows. <laughs> but um, yeah, he signed that mini extension, and it was also confirmed that he would leave once the season's concluded. I just want to get your thoughts, Dave, on who you, who you think that the destination for Adam Lallana. Do you think it will be? Obviously, it's highly muted. He'll be going to Leicester and joining up with his, uh, his former manager Brendan Rodgers. Obviously, Brendan Rodgers signed him for Liverpool. Do you think that's the the most likely destination for him? Yeah, it seems sensible, doesn't it? It's uh, you know you wouldn't have to you know take a a massive hit in terms of his sporting ambitions. You know, Leicester look like they're going to be in the Champions League next season. Uh, it's under a manager he knows, and a manager who knows his strengths, and, and obviously signing for Liverpool. So I think that would be would be a really really good move for him. You know, Leicester are side on the up at the moment. They're, they're absolutely flying. I've been so impressed by them this season. So I think it, yeah, it represents a, a good move for him, an opportunity to stay in the Premier League, stay in England, and, and stay playing at a, a really high level. So yeah, I think it I think it made sense. Yeah, your th- thoughts, Jay, on Lalana leaving? Oh, mate, I, again, I just feel so sorry for him because he was such a mainstay of Klopp's early days. He was probably arguably the first name on the team sheet, and he's been he's been one of the players where we signed him. With we were so excited about him when he joined in. I think this is summer of twenty fourteen, and he did he did play really well for us. And it obviously just hampered by injuries, and it just seems that Liverpool have that. Stigma sometimes when they sign a really good player and he gets hampered by injuries, it just doesn't work out for him. You know, there's, there's been loads down the years, but I've got nothing but praise for Adam Milan. I think he's been a, a fantastic servant for the club, and I, I will be sorry to see him go because I really like him. Because when he comes on, he's got the energy, he's got the passion, he's great. He's a great guy to have around the dressing room and, and the training ground. Be sad to see him go, but at the end of the day, his chances have been limited, and a, a lad like that needs to flourish, and he will flourish wherever he goes. Yeah, I mean, I think he, he's, he's just recently turned 32, I think. So I think the time has obviously come. He spent six years at the club, obviously. 178 games, 22 goals, 21 assists. Obviously, you think of the winner against Norwich in that 5-4 five, five, game. That'll, that'll always be in my memory. It's one of the, the craziest games. Obviously, the, the whole celebration where he jumps on Klopp's back and Klopp loses his glasses and Cole yeah. talk, jumping on everyone. Yeah, it was that, that. And then, obviously, this season as well, early in the season when we went to Old Trafford, I mean, one nil down. He pops up with an equaliser. We could have. We spoke about Jay on podcast in reaction to that. If we lose that game at Old Trafford, who knows what this season would have, would have became? Obviously, yeah. would have, I think we still would have went on to obviously, hopefully, win the title as we're going to. But I think it might have made the season a bit more difficult because I think who knows what would happen? We might have lost a bit of momentum. You just don't know. And obviously, he popped up with that that equaliser. That was literally. I think I watched it with you, Jay, and we were just literally made up that we that we that we. That we got that point there, so mm. I think he'll he won't go down as a legend, obviously because of obviously his injury, his injury problems that he's had. But in terms of a squad player and and playing for the team and always making the right decisions in, in order for the for the best of the team, I think he he'll be he'll go down as a great player. 
Uh, obviously, you say there, Dave, he's going to be moving on to probably Leicester. Just wanted to get your thoughts on Nathaniel Klein. I read something he's got. He's been training at the, the club's academy on his own. Obviously, he's he's 29 now, which is he should be in his prime. It's a, it's a it's a weird one. Obviously, he went out on loan last year, and obviously in in his early days at Liverpool, he was he was very very good for us, and I think he could still do a, a, a good job for him at the Premier League team. What are your thoughts on his future? Yeah, I think I think the problem for Klein was that, that sort of the team and the system it played moved past him, didn't it? And then obviously he had that injury thrown in and it was a really serious injury. He would have he would have got a, a decent move, I believe, before that injury. And I still think he, he probably can, you know, after that, you know, he's on his way back now. I know he's he's doing sort of individual sessions at the moment, bespoke sessions, which is the same, you know, the case is the same for Shakiri, who's obviously had that long term injury as well. Um, which he's struggling to get much clarity on, to be honest, just switching on Shakiri there. But um, you know, Klein in particular, I think um, yeah, he's got you know he's going to get himself back fit for the, the new season without a doubt, and um, and I think he will get a move. It's you know Liverpool the way we play now, Trent Alexander Arnold he isn't really a fullback, is he? He's like a, a, an extra midfielder that, that starts out on that right hand side, he, you know, dominates the play from there. So it's never really a role that Nathaniel Klein's going to be going to be you know able to play and. You know, in terms of back, but right back, we've got Nico Williams there. So he, he, you know, even if Klein was happy to take on that role, I think it, you know, it makes more sense to get the young lad in that in that position and, and get in those games where he can next season. So, so we will obviously move on, but I do I do think there's a player still in there who can can play at Premier League level. You, you know, you hope he can he can bounce back from that injury and it doesn't have any lasting effects. But you know, the way things are these days with, with medical science and how far it's coming to. So, Debilitating from those sorts of injuries. I've got no fears over that, and I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get a Premier League move because I think he's he's good enough to do it, and he's still at an age where he could have the, you know a few more years at that sort of level. Yeah, Def- definitely. And obviously, you touched on there. Dave was all Sh- Jadon Shakiri. Obviously, he's he's 29 in October. Only played six six times this season, which obviously trying to get some clarity on why that is, and obviously the injury problems he's had there. Um, but I, th- I think the the time he's had at Liverpool, if he does leave, has, has also been great. Like in similar to Alana, obviously a lot of injuries, but there's a lot, been a lot of quality there. You look at a couple of goals against Man United to to get uh, Jose Mourinho sacked. The five two against Everton when I think all Liverpool fans were majorly shocked when that lineup got posted and there was no no yeah. Salah and no uh, no Salah and no Firmino. And obviously, um, obviously you look at the Barcelona. Barcelona come back as well, but um, yeah, Newcastle have, have reported to be interested. Obviously, that they're, they're in a bit of transition as well. Apparently, with a with, with a with a new takeover. Do you, do you think Newcastle would be the likely destination for him? Well, it's obviously interesting. They they're so reliant on what happens with this takeover in terms of what transfers they can do. I mean, it was you know the Shakiri thing. It was it was sort of unusual that in in January spoke to. Few people at Liverpool and, and was sort of quite open about the fact that yeah at the end of the season he's going to leave you know even this was at a point where his injury problems you know hadn't gone on for quite as long um, and and the idea was that you know quite a few European clubs were looking in, looking at him I know Roma were very interested Sevilla or another one um, and, and Liverpool at that point said well you know if we get a bid of around thirty million euros in the summer we're happy to let him go. We know he's had a reduced role over, even even in his first season at Liverpool. Didn't didn't start an awful lot of games, even though he made a, a decent impact. So they were, you know, they're happy to move him on. But the problem is now is obviously coronavirus has, has 
this change in what that market looks like. So, you know, Liverpool don't know exactly what they can probably ask for this year, you know, then in the dark over that. So, you know, I still I still do expect he'll move on. And I'm sure he want to go and play more regular football elsewhere. And he's getting into that point in his career where he needs to make the most of it. But, you know, saying where he'll go or, or even how much Liverpool can raise through selling him, you know, it, it's so hard to, to sort of, you know, understand that at the moment. I think Liverpool are going into that blind. And I think, you know, it's similar for a lot of the fringe players that they will move on. Obviously, not the case with Alana leaving on a free, but, you know, if anyone else wishes to move on, you know, say Rigi decides that he would like more regular playing time somewhere else and he, you know, thinks he's reached that point in his career, they don't know how much they'll get for him and they don't know how much they would have to spend to get in a replacement. You know, all this is up in the air and I think that, you know, going back to the team over the situation, I think that, that says a lot about why they weren't maybe happy to, to spend that sort of money this, at this point in the window before his release clause expired because he just there's so many unknowables at the moment that they aren't quite working through. And so, it's, yeah, Shakiri's going to be a really interesting one because I think he'll tell you quite a lot about where the market is and, you know, the price he goes for. And then you compare that to 30 million euros that he previously stated. I think that'll, that'll give you a real idea of where the transfer market is after coronavirus. That's a good shout. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, you touched on there as well, Dave, about, I think you mentioned Roma were interested in Shakiri's services, I think. Same goes with Diane Logan. I think I think he was I think he was quite close to to, to leaving the club only last summer. Obviously he's he's thirty one very soon. And I think most Liverpool fans think that he's fourth choice centre back. I probably, he probably doesn't see it the same way because I know he's got very high standards for himself and he believes in himself. Obviously like like he should because he's, he's a talented yeah, footballer. Talented footballer at the end of the day. So um what what do you what what do you see future for um, Diane Logan? Obviously there's some new players that we're going to come, come to very soon about the likes of Necha Williams and uh, Kiana Hoover, who are obviously vying for them positions at, 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 uh, in the defence of Liverpool. Do you think Dayan Lovren will, will finally get that move this summer that he, that he, I think he wanted last year? Yeah, absolutely right. He you know, came very close to, to getting moved to Italy last summer. Uh, Liverpool would have sort of been happy to let him go for the right price, but then the, you know the deal just didn't didn't sort of happen, or that you know they couldn't get the the, the price that they, they thought they, you know he should have for Dejan Lovren, so he stuck around. Um, and and you know I know he sort of gets a lot of criticism. I think you know in his role as as a fourth choice centre half, there's probably not many as good as him or play at that level uh, in, in the entire Premier League, really, you know, for a fourth choice. So, you know, even though maybe that Watford game wasn't wasn't probably one of his best, I'd say, you know, that probably wasn't anyone's best that day. Yeah, so, yeah. He's, a, yeah, he's, a, he's a more than capable of, of going to a top European team and, and, and playing regularly. And I think he, even though there's so much uncertainty around the market, he will surely push harder this summer to, to make that move happen just because, you know, the alternative is, is accepting another season at Liverpool where he'll only get games through injuries. Now, for Liverpool, that, that gives them a choice to make. Obviously, they'll, I think they'll happily let him go if they can get a, a, a decent amount of money, which probably won't be as much as it would have been last summer. Um, but again, forces them into decisions around what they do then about who is the fourth choice centre-half and, and whether they do dip into the market because they don't think a, a Hoover's ready or you know something like that. So there are big decisions to make around that position as, as much as you know you say about letting Shakiri go. I think I think Lovren's another one. I think he will push hard to go. 
Uh, if Liverpool can get the money, they'll happily let him go. But then again, they've got to find the you know the solutions themselves, and that's a, another big decision for Klopp to make. Yeah, and I think another one who's I don't know if he's in the same boat. It's it's Loris Karius. Obviously, terminated his loaner for Shiktas. And they, well, my opinion on him is he's damaged goods. I, I don't think he's. If he came back to the club, and he say he was integrated back into the squad, and he made an appearance and he made a mistake again, I, I just don't. I just don't see any coming back for him. Obviously, the. The Champions League final where he makes made made them errors and then pre season after that he makes a couple more errors and he gets shipped out. Do you, what do you think of, of Loris Carrier somewhere where his future lies? Yeah, I think I think the the fact that his sort of Liverpool career was over was was essentially sort of rubber stamped in that pre season friendly play at Tranmere straight after yeah. the uh, straight after the, the Champions League final where he had that disastrous performance. I think, you know, from that moment the, the the error he made in that game and the stick he got from the fans and the, the constant cheering when he was going to catch the ball um, just said there was no way back from really and obviously it's been a bit of a sour end to his to his loan spell at the Sixers recently but uh, the idea is from Liverpool's point of view is that he won't you know he won't be back in training now until preparation for the next season starts I think they are basically acknowledging that there's, there's no real future for him at Liverpool I think the hope is that you know, there's still a team out there who'd be willing to take a chance on him. You know, and I'm, I'm sure there will be because he, he's still so young for a goalkeeper. I don't think he'll lose all the talent that he showed when he was at Mainz. Um, you know, someone can get a tune out of him. I'm absolutely sure of that. So I think Liverpool will probably, you know, they, they will push to, to get rid of him this summer on, on a permanent deal. They will, they'll hope we can maybe strike that sort of deal. Um, and, and yeah, and I, I'm sure there'll be someone who will, who will come in and, you know, not take a gamble on him because you know, he's quite that bad. But they'll they'll take the the risk and the, the the baggage that comes with it, and maybe take him off to a quieter league where there's a bit less focus on him. And yeah. I think he, I think he's got the tools to, to bounce back. Yeah, yeah well, definitely I think, right. I think, I think it's just a difficult one because obviously, like you said, Davey was at Mines, and I think he was at City in his youth career. And we've touched on it before, me and Jay in the podcast. About, obviously, a lot of Liverpool fans have of the promise that he showed, and obviously he's, he is very young for a keeper, and it is sad because. That, that final was just like, it should have been the begin, beginning of something grateful of Bill. And we had to kind of rebuild in a way, following that. We had to, obviously, we had to got, get rid of him and, and kind of build ourselves back up. And obviously, we've, we've done that. But it was kind of like a, he was blamed for that capitulation in a way. And I think the only way for that to end really is for him to, is to move on permanently. And just because I don't think. The future at Liverpool is just, I don't think it's viable. No, what there's too much pressure. There's, there's way too much pressure. You make a mistake at Liverpool, it's 10 times bigger than making a mistake at any other club because that's just the, the matter of fact. As soon as he makes one mistake at Liverpool, he'll just, that, that's it, it's done. But he, he, he can make a mistake at another club now because he's got that sort of fresh start of he's not playing for yeah. Liverpool. But it'll be 10 times worse if he does it in a Liverpool shirt. And Dave's right, just thanks very much, mate. On you go and we'll find another backup. Yeah, spot on. Um, David, I wanted to ask um, about a player uh, that was Klopp's very, very first signing in the January in his first transfer window. It seems like every single manager has that one player that is always out on loan, and then eventually we go, is he still playing? Do you know what I mean? They must buy some really good Christmas presents or something. Lazar Markovic is one of them. Um, but I want to ask about Marco Gruic because he just it, it, it seems like every loan he has, he does really, really well when he's playing on loan, and 
he just still can't get in. I mean, you look at the size of him, he looks like a perfect man to, to enter into the midfield. And given what you said at the top of the show regarding the coronavirus and stuff like that, do you reckon there could be an option for him now? Yeah, I mean, maybe that is sort of giving me a reprieve because I think if you'd have asked me, you know, four or five months ago what, what the future held for Marco Grouch, I'd say that Liverpool would 100% would have used him as a, you know, to, to raise money basically in the transfer market. Um, I think his, his value's obvious um, in terms of because of his age profile. He's played in a, in a decent, a strong league for, for a couple of seasons and, and done really well and scored a couple of high-profile goals. So, you know, his, his value would have been right up there. Whether that sustains in this in this market, it, you know, remains to be seen. That's an interesting one. I still think it's it's going to be really difficult for him to, to make a push at Liverpool. I think circumstances would just have to fall in a way that Liverpool would say, OK, well, you know, you couldn't get a move in this summer, maybe. Stick around for six months, see if you can get the odd game here and there, and then we'll, we'll look at it again in January. You know, I think it might almost work out like that if, if he is going to get a chance to force his way in. Because, you know, as, as well as he's played in, in Germany, and he, you know, he, I think he has impressed. I think it's a long way from doing doing that uh, to Berlin and then and coming to the Liverpool team at the moment. And, you know, he's maybe not a, a midfielder who fits the mould of, of, of type of midfielder that Liverpool are relying on at the moment either. You know, he's, he's very, very different. Doesn't maybe get around the pitch as well as a Wijnaldum. You know, or Henderson, you know, that, that real energy in there. He's, he's a little bit too tall for that, to be honest. You know, physically, mm, yeah. he has ranged. You know, he's not quite as quick across the ground as they are. He's snapping to tackle. So, you know, his, his profile possibly counts against him at the moment. But, it, yeah, it'd be interesting to see because if Liverpool can't secure that, you know, 20 million, 25 million that people can maybe ask for him uh, in, the, in the summer, then, you know, maybe it's maybe it's, there is an opportunity for him there to, to force his way in. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think he, he signed in 2016, so he's he's basically been on loan the entire time. Obviously, we 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 beat off the likes of apparently Barcelona, Real Madrid, all, all the big clubs were interested in him. And obviously, like you said, he, he is a talented talented uh, talented player, definitely. But um, I, I think it, it will make sense for him to probably be moved on. It, obviously, like you said, David, if if it's possible. And I think another one who's kind of in the same bracket for me is Harry Wilson. Obviously, he's 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 been out on loan. Quite a few times, he's done really, done really well. Obviously, now he's at he's at Bournemouth. That 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 stay's been extended till the conclusion of this season, rightly so. But he's he's 23. He's been at Liverpool for probably since he was about three foot, three three and a half foot. Probably since he was like age nine. So he's he's been in and around the club for a lot long long time. And obviously, for me, I feel like he's probably just broke through it at the wrong time because obviously. He's 23 now. He's, he should start. He really should have started to kick on in terms of his Liverpool career. And obviously, he's now doing that at Bournemouth and showing, showing how good he is. Obviously, you look at the free kicks he scored and the, the free kick against Man City recently. And general play, he can play on the on the wing if need be. He can play in a midfield three. But what, what do you what do you think of Harry Wilson's future and what 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 it, if it, does it lie at Liverpool? Yeah, again, he's probably another one in a very similar position to Gruwich in that I think Liverpool would have would have maybe said to him now, look, you're 23, your chances of breaking in here, are, you know, with a, on a regular basis are, are fairly slim. Um, you know, maybe time for a permanent move. You know, again, it's one of those if you can't get the right money for him at the moment, I'm not sure they'll just completely push him aside. But it's it's 
part of that is up to what the player wants to do. You know, does he want to try his hand at, at a few staying there for, at Liverpool for a few months and seeing if he can get a game here and there? You know, Mike, I don't think that would probably do him any good. I think he would probably be better finding a, a permanent home where he can, you know, really kick on. You know, maybe that could be Bournemouth. You know, seems to settled in really nicely there and he's doing a good job with it. But the standard Liverpool is setting at the moment just makes it so, so difficult to, to, to get yeah. into thinking. And, you know, one of the other things possibly counting against him is the fact that look at Harvey Elliott, it's a similar profile and yet he's 17, he's already had some first team minutes, he, you know, he would be thinking, you know, Harvey Elliott will be thinking, well, you know, with his level of talent, if Shakiri's going to be moved on this summer, Mm. And that left footer cutting in off the right, you know, that role's ready for him to pick up those odd minutes here and there in the cuts and to, you know, come on at the end of a Premier League game to help see it out. And I think Liverpool see him, you know, they were so keen to get him for the reason that he is such an unbelievable talent, you know. Um, you know, he really is right up there in terms of like English footballers at the moment. So I think Liverpool will have him earmarked for that role. So that makes it so much more difficult then for Harry Wilson to, to find those minutes if we are going to give them to Elliot. So, you know, I think their their futures might be tied together and that might see Harry Wilson sort of find a, a permanent move this summer. But I'm sure if he does, he'll, he'll stay in the Premier League and he'll, he should get a good move because he's, he's good enough for it. Yeah. And obviously, like you touched on there, Harvey Elliott, we all know how, how talented he is when he picks the ball up. You, you expect something to happen, and for a seventeen-year-old to have that effect on a, on a on a team and on on a fan base is is special. And I, I think that's gone under the radar a little bit how good he is. And obviously, we yeah. snapped him up from Fulham, bit bit of bit of a known. And yeah, he, he, he's he is very promising. And obviously, that ties in nicely with the piece that you wrote last week for the Even Standard about obviously Harvey Elliott and Necha Williams and Curtis Jones that we haven't touched on yet. And basically, the piece was about how these three players could save Liverpool millions in the in the transfer market. Obviously, it was ex- an ex- excellent read to read through, and obviously, going off maybe some potential outgoings like the likes of Alan and like you touched on there, Harry Wilson and Gruwich. Those three must be licking the lips, mustn't they? Thinking this is the perfect time now to strike and to and to get into this team. And obviously, they're all. That definitely got enough quality. We've seen it in the cup games. How how just confident on the ball. Like there's there's, there's no fear, is there? Like the Harvey and Kirsty and Decker Williams. I'd put Keanu Hoover in there as well, maybe. For just pure just how excited I am to see them and how good they could be for this club. Do you, do you think that they'll be, obviously be forcing their way into the club's plans more prominently this season? Yeah, I think there's a real possibility that the coronavirus and the, the financial impact of that actually works in, in, in the favour of these, these young players and you know alongside that it's not just that opportunity there and the fact that they've also got a manager who, who's willing to trust youth and, and will will you know will throw them in when he gets the opportunity. But beyond that I actually think these you know we can at times fall into the trap of, of overhyping young players and saying, you know, this this and this player will will make it into the first team I'm sure of it. But I like genuinely, genuinely believe that this current crop of academy players is, is probably, the, you know, it's probably unfair to call Elliot an academy player, I suppose, since he took him from Fulham, but you get my point. But that, that current crop of young players is probably the most talented I, I've seen in the last years and years, you know, decade. It's, it's, it's possibly going to further back than that. This, for three of those players to be coming through at the same time, and so all have such a, an obvious chance of, of making an impact at first team level, like 
when was the last time that that happened that a bunch came through like that you know Liverpool yeah. very very for, well not fortunate they, you know it's, it's a lot of hard work at academy levels gone into getting these players together but they, they definitely those three you know Nico Williams absolutely nothing to say that he can't play a backup role to Trent next season he's 100% looks ready you know getting the games in the courts to coming in if Trent's injured in the Premier League uh, Curtis Jones another one he's got the confidence and the ability understands the system uh, to, to maybe get the odd chance on that left hand side you know particularly again in the cups you, you, you should feature in there and then like I said Harvey Elliott Shaqiri's role there is just seems ready made for him to, to come in and pick up those minutes so for all three of them to not only have the, the, the ability, the confidence, the, the personality to do it, but also the opportunities clearly there for them. So I think this is a perfect storm coming together for them to, to make a, an impact, maybe not a major impact next season, but a, an impact that will you know put them on the first team map and set them up to, to go forward and be really be players with Liverpool. Mm, that's amazing. It's it's trying to strike that fine balance between attracting, being at the top of, top of the Premier League and winning everything signing players who are going to improve, promoting players from the youth. You can't do it all. I think there's obviously the age of Twitter and people just going out, ins and outs, Werner, Havertz, Mbappe on loan, whatever. Just crazy (laughs) stuff like that. It it is a bit mind-boggling to read. And I think when you've got to to respect that these players are obviously they touched on there. There's been a lot of hard work put into these and they'll know the club system inside out and it might not be next year that they have the impact but going forward to have these three players and obviously you could throw a couple of them but there's in there like Rian Brewster and maybe Keanu Hoover those two as well potentially those players need need time to play and I, I think it, it could be a, a blessing in disguise really that if we don't sign anyone obviously we I think last year we only signed Adrian and uh, Minamino who were, who were ready for the first team football and people People want signings, I understand that, but sometimes you, you've just got to let the the youth take over. And I understand it's not as extravagant as Sam Martin or Bernard for 50 million euros and spending crazy money on players. But I, th- I think in terms of that, it, it, it is very exciting to have Liverpool and, and, and their youth products, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's, you know, with the, with the signings thing, obviously, there, there is, you know, I don't want to push completely back against that in the sense that. I do think Liverpool at some point they're going to have to dip into the market and sort of address that that age gap between maybe the front you know front three being all 28, 29 and, and pushing out to that part of the career and then asking Harvey Elliott at the age of 17 to bridge that gap that you know it's it, that's a huge ask. So you know I do think at some point Liverpool will want to address that. They definitely wanted to address it with Werner until coronavirus hit. You know there's, there's no doubt there was there was major interest there. Um, you know, until until sort of the financial uncertainty that, that became apparent. But you know, for now, I, I think, just, I, and I think Jurgen Klopp will see it this way: is that that next season's an opportunity to to use these players. If you, if you can't make these signings even further later in the window, and you, you know can't generate the funds through sales, um, then I think he will be willing to go with, you know, and, and, and trust in some of these young players a little bit more because he's shown he's willing to do that. I think there's also the element that. There's possibly the Africa Cup of Nations. I'm very sceptical about that, possibly going ahead next year because there's so many qualifiers to fit in before then. So that could take a little bit of pressure off what Liverpool needs to do next season in terms of, you know, filling that gap. So 
Um, yeah, I just I just think the opportunities there to to rely on these players. You're probably going to get a condensed Champions League schedule as well next season. Again, we don't know how that's going to look. So yeah, the likes of Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones, this, Nico Williams, they, they should be lining up to to take on these minutes where they can. And and I, I think Liverpool are set up to to both give them really important opportunities, but also to to carry on being a really dominant team. You know, the opportunity to do both those things could be there next season. I think um, I think you've just hit the nail on the head, mate, with, with with that because people have got to stop moaning regarding the whole Timo Werner incident because people don't understand that it's still a business at the end of the day. We've got a business to run and they're losing revenue every single day. And if you ran your own business and your your shop was closed for three months, you won't be able to buy your kids the, the new holiday, the the stuff that they want, and you'd you'd struggle for money yourself. So that's what people got to remember. And it is it is eye opening. I just I just thought that Liverpool can capitalise on it because we're coming to a an era now where we, you know, touch wood, we're going to be Premier League champions, champions of the world, champions of Europe. Um, it comes to that part where if the coronavirus hadn't hit, we would have invested in the squad. We'd have, we'd have, we'd have picked up and, and gone on even more. I just hope that it doesn't bite us in the ass that much regarding all this. And Dave's absolutely spot on, Mick, isn't he? The way we need to strengthen a little bit because of the age gap, but it's, it's still, there's still so much talent. I mean, Ryan Brewster. I haven't even mentioned him yet, have we, you know, properly? And he's still a, a cracking talent that Klopp clearly likes. Yeah, very much so. And I think, uh, I think, you know, further to what you're saying there about transfers, I do think you would like to think that if, if you know, you really can't get around it this summer and you can't make those signings, that by next summer there'll be a, a clearer idea of what the financial picture looks like and, mm. and then you'll address that gap. But like you said, yeah, Ryan Bruce is another one who, who might even benefit next season from from that not happening this summer. Um, you know, he's a player who scored goals, he scored goals at championship level and, and Liverpool couldn't have praised him more highly in terms of around his, his contract and offering offered bigger guarantees around the fact that he would he would get first team minutes. So I think yeah, he's another one who, who could come into consider consideration for next season and maybe he'll be pushing to, to not get a loan and say, well, you know, if you're not going to sign Timo Werner I can be a man who comes in on on that side of the pitch and, and, and makes an impact. So, yeah, really really exciting times for the young kids. And I also think exciting times for Liverpool because, you know, even if this does result in, in you know, it damages Liverpool slightly on the pitch next season. I think the fact that you've got Premier League and Champions League two seasons on the bounce um, should put a lot of credit in the bank. And if Liverpool aren't quite as... Uh, unbelievable next season, but they are bedding in some young players. I think there'll be a level of acceptance around that. Um, <coughs> also, hopefully, the fact that they've still got an absolutely world-class team together, will, will it, it shouldn't impact them too too greatly anyway, unless they get quite unlucky with injury. Yeah. Do, do you think in terms of Brewster? Obviously, he he, he left Chelsea. Obviously, he's still he's, I think he's still only twenty. So he left Chelsea as a, as, a, as a young lad, really, and moved to Liverpool because he he saw. The, the, the route to the first team at Liverpool a more viable option than the route to the first team at, at Chelsea. Do you think that if he if if he if he comes back to the squad and he doesn't get the minutes that he wants, that that he will also leave? Do you think that's a possibility? Yeah, I don't think you can rule it out because obviously he's an ambitious young player who wants to you know like you say he made the decision to to leave Chelsea this time he did because the the path the first team then was was so so difficult to navigate and saw Liverpool as a team that were willing to to use youth players. So I, I, yeah, I don't I don't think you could rule out the fact that if, if he didn't get the minutes he wanted, um, that he would move on. I think I suppose that, that decision is, is on him really is in terms of 
he's, if he plays at the, at the level he trains, at the level that's, that's required, he will get the opportunities. We, we know that. Jürgen Klopp's shown that. He's not, you know, one of those who will, will leave a, a, a huge talent on the bench who's good enough just to sort of go with experience like a Mourinho would, or, for example. Um, you know, he's not got this obsession with these, these older players in that sense. So I think Tom Brewster, really, if he comes back and he, he does really well in training, then he, he will get the opportunities. We, we all know that, that, that Jürgen Klopp believes in that. So, you know, if it doesn't quite work out, he, he does want to make that move. I think everyone will say, you know, fair enough. Um, you know, get your, get your minutes elsewhere. And I, I don't think there'll be any sort of bad blood between them, but it, it's basically on him to, to, to reach that level, I suppose. Yeah. And in terms of, if, if all we've touched on there, if all those players leave, I don't know if, obviously, the players we touched on, the likes of Williams, Jones and Elliot and Hoover and Brewster, if the likes of Shukeri, Wilson, Gruyich and all the other ones we touched on all leave, do you think Klopp will make a, a reactive signing to kind of counterbalance that? Do you, think it, do you think it is all dependent upon if all want to leave and all have the wish to leave, that they'll make, he'll make one signing maybe to, to show up the squad, so to speak? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you ask people at Liverpool about and I speak to them regularly and, and sort of the, you know, the message coming out at the moment and, and it, as it was for the last couple of months really was that, oh, no, we're not really going to make any signings now. Obviously, when you speak to people at the club, everyone's got vested interests. You know, they'll try and send you down the garden path a little uh, sometimes. So, um, you know, you've got to always take that with a pinch of salt, I suppose. But I think... The, there's no way if Liverpool can believe that the market is good enough for them to be able to sell some of their, you know, fringe assets and, and raise money through that, and they believe that the price is fair enough that they're willing to do that, then I just don't think there, there can be any reason for them not to put that money directly back in. You know, it, it doesn't take away from any other aspects of the club financially for them to do that. I don't think they need to raise money to, to cover any particular huge shortfalls, considering that this is the, you know, the last couple of sets of accounts have shown massive profits anyway. I know that's been re reinvested in terms of their contracts and things like that, but I don't think Liverpool is a situation where you need to start selling these fringe players just to balance the books. You know, I don't yeah. think things are quite that bad. So if you can raise you know, a decent amount of funds through those sales, then you know, I think the possibility should be there for them to make it an extra little sign in. It, you know, it might not be Timo Werner at 200 grand a week, as we've seen he's going to Chelsea for, for 50 million. But, you know, uh, maybe a, a young a young forward who you think could, could come in and maybe cover that gap between Harvey Elliott making the grade and, and, and maybe, you know, and losing your Shaqiri as a backup option to your, to your front three or, you know, maybe you see uh, a young cover for left-back for, for Andy Robertson. I know, obviously, a couple of summers ago, they were quite interested in Lloyd Kelly who ended up going to, to Bournemouth from Bristol City. Mm, yeah. Some of that profile still definitely needed. I think Liverpool see that. So if the opportunity to do that comes up and they can you can raise a, a decent amount of funds through through selling the likes of Reed, then I, I think the possibility to do that is, is definitely there. Yeah, and I, I think since obviously the the whole Timo Werner fiasco has happened, there's, I've seen a lot more about Philip Coutinho because people are talking about players on players on loan. Is this another load of shit, Dave? Because I imagine it is. It, it's. I don't know if he's burned his bridges, so to speak, in, in, in the move to Barcelona, but he, I think he splits opinion, doesn't he? He's a bit like Marmite. I think people are like, well, he's got quality, he can come back and do a job. And then there's, well, no, he's, he's, he's left. Do, do, 
obviously Klopp loved him when he was at the club. Is that an, e- an even remotely possible link in the in the in, the, in this year and maybe next year? <laughs> I'm probably going to say no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't think it's a case of of Burn Bridges, like you say. I don't think it's um, there's any real bad blood between Coutinho and, and Klopp or Coutinho and the, the rest of the squad or anything like that. Um, I just think it's more you know you get brushed over constantly. Is that Liverpool have massively improved since you left. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, got, you got so, so much better. Um, I don't see how you get him in the team without sort of massively disrupting his defensive structure as well, which is something that doesn't get really talked about. Obviously, Van Dijk coming in um, is widely credited with Liverpool becoming a, a more solid team and, and obviously, obviously played a massive part in that. He's unbelievable in terms of organising that defence and then his own defensive qualities. But I do think that not having the, prob- the problem of uh, trying to fit Philip Coutinho in has been quite helpful for, for Jurgen Klopp because yeah. Yeah. You know, when he had that fast four, he had to sort of find a way to get Coutinho in and whether that was on the left-hand side and not maybe giving as much cover to the fullback, or whether it was in the centre and then your midfield being a lot less compact. I think Coutinho not being there has done a massive favour for Liverpool. So the idea that you would sign him back and, and as good a footballer as he is, he still is an unbelievable footballer. Just to give yourself another headache, mm-hmm. I don't think that's what, what Liverpool need at the moment. So you know, if you were going to make a, a big money signing at some point, I'm pretty sure it, it won't be Coutinho. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. I, I would, if, we, if the option was there... I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. If he wants to be on the in the squad, he's he is literally the quality he's got there is unbelievable. But then Jay's Jay's on the opposite, obviously on the opposite side there, but he's like no chance. So I think it's. it's and that's not that. I'm not saying that from a, like a, oh he he left. I'm not you know I'm I'm not being like a nine year old in the school playground. He left. I don't, I've fallen out with him type thing. It's just what Dave said. He just doesn't fit anymore. Yeah. He's just going to throw out the balance. And Dave's absolutely spot on. We've got so much better. Since he's left, and I just think you, with the Coutinho era of what he did and that Coutinho, the way that the team fit around him, has now moved on from that. And now it's yeah. 11 players playing for themselves. Now we don't have one linchpin and everyone fitting around. It's it's all about 11 players on the pitch now, not about not number one. So good luck to him, whatever he does. But yeah, nice one, mate. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Dave, that, that's, that's, that, that's pretty much the end of the show. I could, I could have spent three hours going through every single player. <laughs> what, what thought of, what's the favourite pastor and whatever else? But yeah, we'll leave that for another time. So make sure you drop a like. Make sure you drop a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you like the, the stuff we've been throwing out recently. Throw some comments down below about who you want to leave, who you want to join. Don't say Werner, and we'll see. <laughs> yeah. and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks again, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Podcast Network.